it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Slightly uh, earlier, just to... Uh... Just to, prove, three people just to prove that rugby league can kick off early, <laughs> never mind on time. And apparently 12 people are watching, so um, welcome to another exciting edition of Forty Twenty Live, which uh, we're in grand final season. It is grand final season, it's October, we're excited. First of all, live. James isn't here because he's on honeymoon. He's on, so. he's on honeymoon. Danica was busy. Did ask her, can you come in again? No. <laughs> but... Um, uh, we're here and we're live and we're we're excited because should we start in Australia? Well, I was going to say you mentioned grand final season, but something struck me while I was watching, particularly the men's game, which will go down as one of the all-time sporting events, never mind grand finals, and the women's game that preceded it, which was again immensely high quality. What do we have to do? to make rugby league the sport of choice for more people when you get events that are so good I mean we we were quite fortunate over here because we got to feel I think a lot of what the television audience over there would mm-hmm. for, you know Sky stayed with it a lot in the build up so we got the, the Tina Turner musical brilliant good, yeah. uh, we got all of the excitement as the teams were coming out of the dressing rooms all, all the stuff that surrounded the pre-match the whole game coverage in fact more than they get in Australia because when they go to adverts we stuck with it Uh, for that portion of time as an event and as a sport I know we're biased because it's our sport (laughs) of choice but there really was nothing finer and I mean we were talking just before we pressed the record button that neither of us have a huge interest in golf particularly when it's individuals playing each other because I think you, you know you need to know and invest in those people when it becomes a team sport even we got a little bit caught up with wanting the Ryder Cup to end a certain way as in we didn't want the Americans to win so we took interest in it so I, I can't imagine whether you had a vested interest in Penrith or Brisbane you would not have been caught up in one of the most exciting sporting events in front of a full house 
with the most ridiculous skill and quality and the comeback of all time. I mean, I had to feel sorry for Ezra Mam. He must know how Robbie Paul feels. Um, it was just brilliant. And, I, and I, we sat back at the end of it and thought, why isn't this a leading major sport when it can produce action like that? So, there, there is no answer. No, I'm just well, saying, well, but... I've, I've, I've got a partial answer for you. I've got a partial answer. And it takes the Australians to do something here. And that is give away the rights to some kind of highlight program or something to a terrestrial broadcaster here for nothing. In the same way that the NFL obviously does. And if you look at the BBC website, they've got clips on baseball. It really wound me up this week when they had a clip of there was a fight in the baseball and someone threw... Not a real uh, fight. Well, someone threw a bat at an umpire or something. And they kept calling it a ref. They kept saying the ref. And it's an umpire. Say, so, well, if you've got the rights to this thing, the NBA do the same thing. They give away the highlights. It, all the NRL have to do is keep giving stuff away for free here. And people might... People who have no interest in Wakefield or Warrington or St Helens or any of these... Some of those teams are good. Any of these places in the north of England might become Penrith Panthers fans in the same way that they follow the Chicago Bears because I mean, I, the, uh, I, the fringe I, plays from that. I think there's two, two things here. One is it's fame by association. So if you enjoyed that particular NRL quality it, you're not going to see the same thing replicated over mm. here but we have had the most competitive season for quite a while and if you are a casual viewer and you've just loved um, the spectacle and the occasion and the quality of the play we might not be able to match that like for like but what we can do is give you some matches where you can, you can similarly invest in it um, you know, I, I thought Saints Warrington on Saturday was was a, a, a really good playoff game. If you, because you, you know, it it, it was almost um, everything was at stake until the latter stages. Mm. So you would keep watching it. We produced that quite a lot this year. Um, so there's that. But I also thought this is a very good time for the NRL to be going to Las Vegas next year because they now have footage that they can play out in America that people are going to say, "What the hell is this sport?" We Except in an American accent, we need to go and either watch it or um, or have some coverage of it on a more regular basis. And I also don't think that the NRL necessarily are as arrogant as our um, other ball handling chums of thinking that they're suddenly going to become the biggest ball handling code in America or make any major inroads in America other than that what they what they are as a touring show or whatever because. They have a fairly popular handling code well, that not doesn't have the professional, but also college football is ridiculously big in America. But you make another interesting couple of points there that um, rugby union, uh, which we're clearly not going to comment very much on or revel in, is on its knees in the Antipodes, particularly Australia. They're, they're virtually talking about it becoming a part-time sport. This is a very, very good time for the NRL to be saying... Uh, do you want to see how our season ended? Uh, I think the the that that's one thing. I think the other thing is that the NRL, for once in their life, is genuinely looking to expand. Mm. So they've gone to the Dolphins. They're talking about they need an 18th club to to make the fixture list. Even possibly could go to 20. The NRLW, which again fabulous final and great that Georgia Roach has become a. Um, do they get rings? The women. That's I think they, they do. do. Get rings, so yeah, becomes yeah. a ring wearer. Um, they've gone from 6 to 10 and, and they're now looking maybe to go to 12 in the not too distant future the the Asia 
up the Asia the the uh, Pacific tournament uh, of internationals that's coming up I think teams are announced this week look out for the Australian squad um, I think that's announced tomorrow um, the, there is a an investment of about you know five million dollars from the Australian government because PNG now is strategically very important but they've seen the value of Pacific Islanders um, and, and, and investing on the back of that this is a really good time to be rugby league in Australia how, how do we get a reflection of that because that's still our product I know it's played differently and the level of athleticism and, and, and the, um, the, the choice of athletes that they get is much stronger than we'll ever get here but it is the same sport and, and and we need to somehow say that's what we aspire to be but in the meantime you know watch the two semi-finals we've got in the men's watch the women's grand final this weekend it, it'll be different but you'll be able to recognise it as rugby league uh, we have to trade off the back of that NRL grand final it was well it was anyhow, even with a vested interest in the team that lost I couldn't do anything other than just breathe out at the end of it and go that was something really special Today in 1991, Wigan beat Penrith and Anfield hammered them 21-4. I remember that. Yeah. Can't wait for the World Club Challenge next year. And apparently, John Davidson reporting today talks in progress. So we'll, well see again, what the, happens. the good thing about that is that Penrith clearly have shown a willingness mm. to be part of that with inviting Saints over this year. I guess it's going to depend on who wins our grand final. You, you would think that if if Catalan did, Penrith wow. may well say, "Well, part of our." early season might well be a trip to the south of France that will be a great cultural experience for all our players and um, guaranteed a big crowd I mean again we'll talk about the, the game but Catalan putting in extra seating for their semi-final and it will be the highest ever attendance that they've had at the Stade Gilbert Brutus um, so but you would think that if they could come over here whoever they're playing that would be again a really sellable element of linking ourselves to that that NRL well, grand final. The one thing we can say, they beat them. St Helens beat Penrith. They, this great all-conquering Penrith couldn't beat St Helens. I thought again. I, I just think we have to start with that because it was amongst the the top matches you'll ever see in terms. Not, not just I thought the standard was was unbelievable, but the drama. The ability of Nathan Cleary to almost single-handedly rescue a, a game after Ezra Mam had scored the most unbelievable hat-trick for, for Brisbane. I mean, I, I almost want the NRL season to start again tomorrow, but <laughs> by the time... It, you see, that's the other thing. They have, a, they have a long break now from the end of September to the beginning of March. So by the time it comes round again, you're really relishing it. We, we, we'll finish our season, we'll go straight into internationals, then there'll be the Boxing Day friendlies, then there'll be the pre-season friendlies, then the Challenge Cup early rounds will start, then Super League will start far too early. We, we don't build up and, and have a break, but I, I can't wait for the start of the next NRL season now. He's 25. Who? Nathan Cleary. How, I know, he could be how, does he, how, how good could he be? There's no point in saying now yeah, is the greatest. But, of all time. but even even things like you know I, he had a quiet game by his standards, but clearly the pinup boy of um, the NRL is Reese Walsh. You know he's he's 21, Ezra Mann 20. It's like how old's Tom Young? He's ours. Is he 20? He's something ridiculous. 22, 23 as well. Isn't he? But again, you know we need to promote the he's hell fine. out of yeah. Tom Young. Good-looking young chap. Can you kind of use what you've got? Um, 
Maybe being captain for the first well, time. Well, may as well be, because it's not going to be George Williams, is it? Because he's banned. Uh, and, 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 of course, they had the big controversy in, in Australia in the build. They didn't win the Dally M. Didn't win the Dally M. So, uh, Nor did Sean Johnson. Uh, they're going to have to change the, uh, change the rules and such. But you're welcome to uh, Penrith, welcome to Newcastle Knights, of course, who are now our, our team because Georgia Roach won it. So, uh, well, welcome to her. And they ke- came from, was it 8 0 down? Yeah. Took the lead just before half time. But uh, some another of final the, with a, a player scoring a hat trick on the, the losing side. On the side. losing side, which is unbelievable. But some of the physical confrontations in that women's game were, were absolutely ridiculous. It's the thing we have is the physicality. And uh, Tammy Corrupton, who was the player of the match um, deservedly so never got a Jillaroo's cap which again shows the strength of I think she'll get one in this series that they're going to announce speaking of internationals Carsten's here hello Carsten and Les saw Norway's first international not bad for a first hit out good evening from Amsterdam all our international listeners well um, Netherlands play Albania this this uh, weekend so there's, there's, I think it's the first of five games that Norway match I mean um, that golden boot list well, that's all we need. And uh, Canada won the North America they did. Championship, the, the women's one against but Jamaica again, and USA. And although Jamaica lost both games relatively heavily, fantastic that they hosted it. Because um, again, one of the, we can talk about World Cup legacy, but one of the things that um, Jamaica wanted was, was the ability to have a, a more higher profile. Um, they haven't yet got their own ground, but clearly the University of West Indies is happy to to make their facility available their women's team played their first and second matches against more experienced opposition so not surprising that they lost but fantastic that they're now up and running um, it was, it, I watched a, a bit of a couple of the games and the coverage was really interesting the, the commentaries were great um, the explanations that they were giving to a clearly unfamiliar audience with a, a, a Jamaican accent and either an, an American or Canadian accent were absolutely fantastic. The insight into some of the players was great. There isn't much news this week, so we'll leave the news until later. Other than, you know, uh, well, isn't, there isn't any news, is there? Some players think. are being signed, some of whom we already knew about. Um, everybody's upset about referees when their teams lose. Uh, but we're not as bad as VAR. No. Um, oh, apparently the, the NRL fellow had a good game, though, so that's all right. He was fantastic. He was fantastic. His name eventually. So you know, there you go. Um, Leeds are making a big announcement on Thursday. It's not going to be like Wednesday. Oh, was it Wednesday? Wednesday, I think. Oh, Someone told me it was Wednesday. I mean, you, you actually, that's just crazy. You, you probably know. I don't think. You might be right, but it's not anything exciting, is it? It's not. Well, we don't know because they haven't announced it yet, but. Um, I think it may well be an, an influx of funding to um, to, to the club. Are they, are, they, are they going to pretend something's professional when it's not? No. Or is that a bit harsh of me to say that? I, I, I think um, the word professional does need defining in, uh, in certain... Welcome no, to I, amateur I think, podcast time. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a significant amount of money invested in the naming of the Headingley Stadium, which will filter into the ability to spend a bit more on the rugby side, so... Significant in that respect, but nobody cares because it's Leeds. When I was getting forty-five quid to do another score on Ridings FM, did that make me a professional broadcaster? I don't know because I had another yeah. job at the same time. Absolutely. So it's a bit worrying to think I was, I was earning nearly as much as a women's super league <laughs> twenty years later. 
I mean, I I'm, I'm, not, I'm not decrying the fact that Huddersfield have taken no. their women's team um, under the main body of the club. That's great, and hopefully that will give them access to strength and conditioning and doctors and physio and all the kind of things that um, any any, money on. Yeah. any club that says it you know is a proper suit. But to say that they're only paying their internationals when, forgive me at the moment, how many internationals have they got? Does it count for like if you play for Ireland or something? I don't. It's, it, it's an aspirational thing, which is great. The more money that you can put into the women's competition, great. The acknowledgement that the club needs to get behind its women's team, and, and again, I think that's part of the grading process. Uh, you know, you, you, as a club, you, you have to be seen to be putting money into areas other than your men's running team. Um, so I can understand why they've done it, but it doesn't automatically make you professional. Keyword running there. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Super League started on Friday in front of a crowd of not applicable Hulking Rovers 20 Lee 6 I think almost made the similar point last week about St Helens women in their season may have ended at Wembley but it was interesting to see the comments ahead of this game that bemoaning the injuries of Lee when you've been saying on this podcast for every single week since the start of the season Lee had been very lucky that with a, a thin squad they hadn't had those injuries so they've come at the wrong time but had they come earlier they may not have won the Challenge yeah. Cup which you know is the main Absolutely. thing that they've no, achieved this season I think the first thing to say is they've had a wonderful season that if Adrian Lamb isn't coach of the year there's something wrong how Willie Peters wasn't <laughs> nominated I have no idea big mystery that Can't is understand that. but Lee, Lee have exceeded everyone's expectations if we all go back to our predictions at the beginning of the season we were all saying it would be between Wakefield and Lee to, to see who gets relegated um, and Lee blew that out of the water early in the season they won their first trophy since 1971 they made the playoffs for the, the Super League playoffs for the first time in their history it's nothing other than an absolutely astonishing achievement um, and they deserve the utmost credit for that but they were they were on relatively thin ice with the fact that they didn't have a reserve grade, they didn't have an academy, they had that squad of probably 17 first-team players and five or six others that they could call in if they needed to, and none of the key players got injured. Mm. But when Zach Ardacre and John Asiata went down late in the season, you, you, with the greatest respect to the players that wore their shirts, you cannot replace that, that degree of quality. Plus, you've got some players who played in so many matches, particularly when you put in that cup run. You you can't cover for fatigue. You can't you know take them out of the firing line for a couple of weeks and rest them and freshen them up. So I think um, I, I've still got. I still think that Hull KR could do something at Wigan, whereas I think Lee had come to the end of that line probably post Wembley. Um, but those three tries in and around half time. Um, and the performance of Matt Parcell, who ran absolute riot, um, and hasn't been banned. People have thought he might get banned. He's not been banned. So he, he can play on Saturday. I don't, I don't understand bans as deterrents anymore, either for coaches, clubs, or players. I, <laughs> I just don't get it. There's no point in us probably talking about it. But if if you want people to not behave um, the same each and every week, then you've got to give them a punishment that. That stops that happening. I remember Mr. G. Schofield many, many years ago kept saying, "If you don't want a chicken wing tackle, give him fifteen months." Or and, and the fact is, it's not a deterrent unless there's a, a big sentence, be that number of games missed or the fine that's levied. Um, so to 
again to levy a fine and then employ somebody on your broadcast platforms um, <laughs> as, as, as a sound for you know sounding board for the game it, it's such a mixed message uh, and I, I, there's no point getting involved in any of that because yeah, ain't going to change but yeah Lee, Lee ran out of steam Hull KR were great I think the unity that Hull KR have got they will be a threat to Wigan um, I just think that Wigan and Catalan have got the memory of what happened last year in the playoffs that they, they both had great home records and both went out at home they won't want that to happen again Ryan Hall is still good he's great he's good. That's great <laughs> um, Hull KR through as are St Helens who ended Warrington's year so 2023 is not their year. I mean, it was exciting, and particularly um, Conor Enchi's try just after half-time. Mm. But as far as I can remember, that was Warrington's only real attack throughout the entire 80 minutes, and they deserve some credit for hanging in there. But Saints should have scored, what, three tries in the first half um, that they managed to butcher. They're going to need to be better than that if they're going to win in Catalan. Um, so, yes, it was exciting because, it, it, you know, wasn't decided until probably a penalty seven minutes from time but um, I never really felt that Warrington were going to win that game no, you, can, I mean, you can use the back of the league it's best to cross off the teams as they've gone from the playoffs now Warrington are out St Helens through and then James Roby Lou McCarthy Scarlett but their final games on the pitch I mean, gutted for LMS because he didn't get his head drawn in the pitch like James Roby did that's a bit of a shame for him but um uh, can we say anything more about James I mean I said this downstairs before we came on uh, the Steve Prescott man of steel I think when he won it he was just the man of steel award. Well, and that was coming he, off the bench he was a young kid who made such an impact when he came off the bench that he, I think he's one of the probably the only player to win the man of steel award that didn't play <laughs> a lot of game time so has there always been a flaw with that well we just mentioned the Dally M's there James Roby who everyone says greatest hooker's ever been blah 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 and I'm not saying he's not but but he only won it once and some of the players who've won it since have, you know. every award ceremony is flawed if you're going to do it on the basis of points accrued during the season because clearly if you're if you're a half back you're going to have more influence over a game than a, than a prop forward um, if you are an exceptionally good player in a relatively poor team, you're going to pick up more points than an exceptionally good player who's surrounded by other exceptionally good players. They're going to be taking votes off them, off their teammates. And I think the other thing is that that element of being taken for granted, that James Roby is 8 out of 10 virtually every week. So you only notice him when he's 7 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 because it becomes that level of consistency yeah. that, that it's almost taken for granted and uh, unfortunately for him that doesn't get recognised in awards but we do know of other players who uh, generationally are mentioned in the breath of the greats and, and, and haven't won the Man of Steel uh, Awards are rubbish anyway unless you win them uh, but I, I'm always of the opinion and I've been like this for years especially in, in radio unless you actually win them uh, it's great If you, to be nominated it's great as well but the listeners they, they don't care but good news for rugby league two nominations in the broadcast sports was I think this is the thing that Danica was nominated for pundit of the year last year and then took loads of selfies with famous people because she lost three and right so we, rugby league has been nominated for two awards sports Cam content of the year brackets quadrennial uh, the coverage from last year's world cup by whisper which I think we know a few people involved in 
aforementioned person, along with the Men's FIFA World Cup final on the BBC, the whole of the World Cup on ITV, so their, world, their final coverage must have been rubbish, and the, and the FIFA Women's World Cup on the BBC. So we're up against three football, well, two football tournaments on two channels there. So win or lose, that's that's some that's some. Um, well, when you think that things like the Commonwealth Games hasn't been nominated, yeah, well, that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. but that might be, not be quadrennial anymore. It might not exist anymore. And also, sports documentary of the year brackets up to sixty minutes. Uh, Amputating Alice for Channel Four, Cycling Saved My Life for the BBC, something about golf for Sky. Is cricket racist for Channel 4? Which is a question you can probably answer. Messi for the BBC. Wrexham Hollywood or Bust for the BBC. And Rob Burrow living with MND for the BBC. So, another nomination for uh, one of the Rob Burrow documentaries. The best of luck to them, but again, in an awards which is voted for and nominated for by people within the industry, which I happen to think are far more important than ones which are voted up by the public, because they can be easily manipulated to get a nomination in that kind of thing is credit to those who have put together those pieces of work. So have well we been so. uh, nominated for the best no. rugby podcast no. in Mexico or um, Azerbaijan or no. no. So complete complete scandal. If we won anything we would be jumping up and down about it and turning around. I doubt we'd mention it. No. We probably wouldn't actually. Um Hulk and St Helens go through to the next round, the semi finals. We have that close to the men's grand final. Catalan well, St Helens. Apparently, there's dew on the pitch, so it must well, be grand final. Ooh, Catalan St Helens on Friday. Um, well, we already know that that game's going to be a sellout. Sam Tompkins versus James Roby, and some other people are also Does, yeah, retiring. Mitchell Pearce against Louis McCarthy. Yeah, all of these people are, are making a final. Who won't be getting to walk out at Old Trafford as a parade? Which I don't know why we don't do because it's so easy. That is a, that is an great answer. to see Lachlan Coo recognised. Um, as one of the players whose uh, career came to an end this year, that was a lovely touch because clearly mm. he's had a little bit of success over here since he left the NRL. But they don't they don't forget. No. Clearly, if you re- if, if you come play over here, you are counted as retired yeah. on the opposite side of the coin. Um, I I can't call this one other than having been in Perpignan a couple of weeks ago. They were already talking about this semi final. That, that how important it was for them to get a home semi-final and rectify the fact that the last time they had one, they lost. Because the, even though the Rugby Union World Cup is is, is apparently still on... Uh, and may, I don't think it ever ends. ...may well be going on until 2028. Um, this is going to grab the headlines over there. Um, the, there is... A real feeling that this is this is a major moment for the for the Dragons. This, this is alongside winning the Challenge Cup and mm. taking a game to Barcelona and getting thirty three thousand people. It's enormous. Um, the level of interest is huge. As I said, at the, the swimming pool end of the ground, they're putting seats in for the first time ever. You'll probably get wet, but um, I I and I know that. Um, because there might be a grand final for Saints at, at the end of it, they're going to have to fly in and fly out very quickly. So. It's a bit. It's a bit of a rush having played this week. You know, Catalan have been sat there enjoying themselves. Only Sam's been over here doing the telly. Um, you've got to feel, feel that the Dragons are in pole position on that one, even though um, Saints are to win these games. Which channel did you watch it on, by the way, viewer, uh, at home on Saturday? Did you watch Saints and Warrington on Sky or on Channel Four? I'm just curious. Because although the pictures were the same, the the broadcasts are different. Um, 
hooking our throw to Wigan on Channel 4 and Sky on Saturday at 12.40. I quite like the lunchtime kickoffs. Mm. Um, hooking are going into this one with absolutely nothing to lose against the league leaders. And that's what makes them dangerous. And they're carrying that immense disappointment of Wembley, which they've recovered from about as well and as quickly as any team can and has done in the past. Um, they've got virtually everyone on board, as far as we know. Um, don't know if Dean Hadley will be fit this week. But um, they're leaving some players out, so they're in a, they're in a, you know, a kind of position where Willie Peters' team talk, which will be a lot more tactical than this... Can you say you might as well go out and have some fun because nobody expects you to win. <laughs> um, pressure's all on the home team. See what you can do. Kind of reminiscent of Wakefield going there in 2004. It's a bit reminiscent of Leeds going to Catalans last year and Wigan the week yeah. before. You know they, they went there with virtually every, everybody yeah. fit and nothing to lose. And I think when we start talking about the you know championship semi-finals. There's suddenly some pressure on the teams that are at home and are expected to win and who've had a week off and the teams that they're playing are those that have suddenly hit a degree of form and confidence and who've got nothing to lose. Uh, yeah, the teams that finish first and second, as we saw in the NRL, should always be the teams that end up in the grand final. They deserve to because they finish first and second. But it doesn't always work out that way. There are they are two interesting games. I, I, they are? I, I think Wigan will win. But that first one, I can't, I can't work out just for the fact that having seen Leeds go there last year and do what Saints have to do, and Saints are obviously a better team than Leeds were last year. I mean, that's not, I'm not even going up with something ridiculous to say there. No, I don't think anyone will be throwing their knives no, and forks down in horror that. at that. And, and Saints are going for the is it the five Pete? Terrible phrase. Drive for five. Drive for five. Um. And they may never get another chance to do that. Well, and their team starts to break up yeah, a little yeah. bit more because, you know, Will Hoppo-Art is going as well. and So, yes, there's always a, a, a regeneration. But um, I suspect that this is the beginning of the end of yes. that great team. And now, how they replace them, the recruitment that they do, the kids that they've got coming through, that's a different debate. But, you know they are going to be fired up to, to want to send James Roby out in the manner in which he deserves to go out. So, so much riding on that match. But obviously they lost heavily in the reserve grand final to Wigan, so it's obviously bad time, but they won the academy one, didn't they? So. But again, I think the, the thing about that that's interesting is that who were the teams that were that, uh, were the winners of the reserve grade in the academy? If However much store you hold by that, again, it's Wigan and St Helens. Yeah. Why are they always... Knocking on the door of winning grand finals, or, or you know, the dominant team of the of the era, because their production line of talent is so good, and and they nurture it so well. And and whilst I don't hold a huge amount of store around the reserve grade, I think it's been cobbled <laughs> together again this year. If you, if you enter it, you, you know, you might as well win it. And Wigan won it, so well, got and, a trophy. And the academy is is always um, is, is always prestigious. I think the. Um I tell you where the RFL could have saved some money is making up a board that says reserve grand final winners 2023 because that's a waste of money because you can't a, a you can't use that again obviously and B it's just a reserve grade just think winners like they did with the uh, the PDRL they just had a board that says winners the PDRL should be more um, prestigious than the reserve grade championship because it's mm -hmm. a nonsense 
And well done to Warrington on winning that. It was their year. Yes. And now they can legitimately make a documentary and claim to be the world champion. Well, are they having a World Club Challenge? Uh, are they inviting on what Hills is South doing? Sydney over here? This I, do, I do like what it said in the paper. <laughs> in the, uh, the full coverage of the PDRL final. At least Wexford won the League Leader Shield. So. They did, and got so to the final. Get that. So we get, a, get a shield, so that's nice. Did they get to, I think they did. It's an actual shield rather than, yes. uh, rather than a, bit of, a bit of metal. Um, sorry, I'm moving the page. Why do we. Wolves reclaimed the Super League title at the PDRL Festival held at Sheffield Hallam University on Saturday, despite the absence of Adam Hills. So, uh, that world famous Adam Hills. Broke off the telly. Huh? So, uh, I think he was busy that day. He was. He but was I'm sure he will have um, been involved in the celebrations. I'm sure he will. Um, De- Dennis was watching Channel 4, so, he, he, so we know where, what he'll be watching on Saturday. It's interesting how they're on both channels. I don't. What what I tell you, what really annoyed me yesterday was I went went to watch the NFL in the afternoon. I didn't realise the Wembley games had come around already, or the international games had come around already. It was only on ITV. I couldn't watch it on Sky because I know on Sky I get the American coverage. I had to sit. It's the ITV coverage, which is not the same. No. So uh, I've just muted it and put something else on. Oh, no, Paul's been on. He, he's shouting. He's shouting oh. in capital letters, so we'll, we'll we'll come to the championship in a minute. What's the crisis at Hull FC that their owner is moaning about? Spent too much money on rubbish players, hasn't he? I think the the interesting thing about Hull is that the issues that they've always had are still there. It, so they need to change their recruitment, which I think slowly but surely they're doing. I think we can officially announce that Liam Tyndall signed for them because they didn't buy him. <laughs> well, I didn't get the email, so I not, didn't know. Not a surprise. Um, I, I also think that Tony Smith is hinting, at, again, at the level of juniors coming through it in that whole area. It's not being either capitalised on enough or... Um, developed well enough and, and I think they have tried that joint academy I think, I think he would probably go back to something like that just to ensure that uh, players were coming through who were of a, a sufficient standard but the issues have always been the same that the, the weight of expectation is always greater than the achievement um, so I, I don't think anybody's telling us either Adam Pearson or, or Tony Smith what we don't know they're telling us what we've heard for the past well five years read Gareth Ellis's book he'll tell you why they didn't kick on from winning two Challenge Cup finals because the, the culture in the team wasn't quite right I think there's a letter in the paper today that, that sums it up you've got to spend within your means and as we've seen in, in mm. not to reference them again but it, the other could have lost three professional clubs in their top division they've lost another one in their championship yeah. now um, because they're spending money that they can't recruit can't recoup and, and here's the here's the issue and I think we're going to see this a lot in professional sport in general going forward. We're in a cost of living crisis. The money is not there for people to spend on frippery. Especially not, you know, second division rugby union or whatever. So, Well, I heard something about Reading Football Club last week. Of course, the, the finances below the mm-hmm. multi-billion pound dollar um, industry that is the Premier League... Reading are in severe financial trouble again because apparently, according to their accounts, they spent a hundred and ten percent of their income on player wages, and that's before the lecky like, stuff. If I decided to spend a hundred and ten percent of the meagre income we get, <laughs> I, I don't think there'd be anything left for food. Scunthorpe, we're talking about moving to yes. Gainsborough. Yeah, I, I mean, 
We wouldn't be able to afford tonnets, carrying no. wafers if we spent 110% of You'd the income we don't get for, on this programme on wages. You'd have to sell the Subutio thing. It's un- got a value. unsustainable economics, isn't it? So it's, it's going to be the same for... for I mean, the, the surprise is that somehow through COVID... We've only lost West Wales. Mm-hmm. Although we've now lost London Scholars. And London Scholars, sorry. That's two, isn't it? But everything else seems to be ticking along. And I, I don't know how long that will last. One, I, and I don't expect that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go, ha, ah, Rugby Union, they're all dying off because they've got no money. I, I don't expect that we won't be in this position in any time in the future where we're saying, oh, we've lost Club X and Club Y because that's just basic economics. But... <sighs> Somehow we've got through, and for, to this point anyway. But it's only going to get tougher. It's only, and, and we know it's only going to get tougher outside of Super League because the money isn't there. One of, one of the things we can do as fans, and we do a hell of a lot, you know. I think we got we have some incredibly loyal fans within the game. Is try and support these internationals if you can, because they're, they're not heavily priced. It's one of the very few income streams that the the game itself has, um, and and. You know their coffers are, are, are pretty much bare. So if you do get the chance to go and see internationals, go to grand finals and um, uh, you know wheelchair grand finals and women's grand finals. All of that money goes back into the central coffers, and you know, like like other sports we've just mentioned, that that will help enormously. That um, we'll talk about the wheelchair game in a bit because we were both at uh, the semi final on on Saturday. We were on the edge, weren't we? But that um, that game at Leeds. It, it, the tickets are just ridiculously cheap. If, mm. if if you're in Leeds that weekend and, you, and you're not going, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say because it is going to be ridiculous. And it'll be fantastic entertainment. It, it certainly will be. Uh, Nick says, "What would Hull KR winning Super League do for the sport?" Probably not as much as any. I, any, it, I know it, it would be massive. I, I think if you know, again, with the greatest possible respect to Wigan and St Helens, who have been fantastic in in everything they do surrounding local talent, uh, particularly Wigan in terms of this Wigan way mm. that they built. Nothing but admiration. It would be fabulous for the sport if it was Hulkar and Catalan and then we knew there would be a new name on the trophy. That, that's one of the things we're desperate for. You know, We're Lord in Penrith who've won it three times, but everybody is telling us that you know, they are doing the impossible and they're doing it with virtually totally local products and they went through a period whereby they had to build up to their magnificence now and and we have to say that that's what Saints have done that's what Wigan do um, Leeds have done that in the past they're still three of the only four teams to have won the grand final so, so for a whole KR to win it for a Catalan to win it would be big for the sport because it makes us more marketable and less predictable do, would rugby league commercial like a grand final between Hawkins no they'd want Wigan and Saints because they know they're <laughs> going to get 70,000 people there and, and that's where it becomes about I mean it's a really interesting debate and it would be great to, to get people's thoughts on it From, does a period of dominance by a team hold a sport back or does it give you something to market um, and do we spend too much store by the fact that we need more names winning competitions the great Wigan team that by the end of their period of dominance in the mid 90s everybody was saying oh we need to we need to break this monopoly it's you know to have one team that's too good it, you know it's not good for the sport as a whole they're still the team we talk about they're still the names that people mm. remember so uh, marketable uh, marketing wise that they, they 
didn't hold the, the sport back. But in terms of getting people to more eyeballs on a sport generally in, in this massively overcrowded entertainment market that sport sits in, to have a team in the south of France, to have a team in Hull to winning it should be a really big boost for the sport. Someone who will probably know more than I do would say that um, or would be able to disprove what I say next, which is Phil Taylor donated darts for 15, 20 years and took it to massive highs. And the sport is probably not at that same high now, but it's certainly bigger than it was. So... I think it's how you capitalise on things. Lee clearly winning the Challenge Cup, great story. Yeah. Now, whether that's changed the landscape of rugby league, uh, whether more national outlets are reporting on rugby league, I don't know. But what you need is stories, and one of the stories you'll get if Hull KR or Catalan win it is there'll be there'll be a lot to to, to you know if, if Wigan and Saints win two teams that are literally on each other's doorstep. If they play in the final and one of them wins it, then there's a limit to a national news editor how much you can do with that as a story, what follow-ups you can do, how the sport is perceived outside of you know, the areas where the sport is, is important. If Catalan win it, you know, again, when, when they won the Challenge Cup and for the first time ever that trophy was taken out of, um, out of this country and the following year when they then went to Barcelona, there was huge interest in that. Well, whether we capitalise on that enough... That's a different debate, but I do think Hull KR winning it or Catalan winning it or the two of them playing in the final, the attendance might be slightly down, the impact could be slightly greater. Imagine the uh, money it would cost to import the Super League trophy to, to France now. I don't, I don't know. Bernard might have to. Would, would they, would they have to play a, a bond to play in Super League the following year? <laughs> we'll ban them. We'll ban them from Super League for being good. Um, I'll come back to Les's point in a minute about Fev because uh, Paul's talking about the grand final and events and I was going to lead on to this anyway so you've read my mind Paul which is worrying uh, if the RFL don't invest in these events why should we been to a lot of the London based events and there is nothing on around the stadium pre-match and half time isn't great and we can't compare to the NRL grand final because it's comparing apples and oranges but I said this is about Wembley there was nothing there if you weren't interested in watching three games of rugby league to get you to go to the stadium. Well, but I think what we can do, and, and there is a direct comparison with the NRL, is we get. I think we're getting close to having the women's grand final and the men's grand final at the same venue in the same afternoon, and that would be massive. Um, and I think one of the things about Wembley this year that really worked, particularly if you were there, was having the women at Wembley. Um, I think that... that made the day feel different yeah um so i think we've got to move to the women's grand final be brilliant at york this weekend really looking forward to it. it's great that york who've been the best team all year get rewarded with with the with the venue for the final but next year we should be announcing that that's a double header um i think again money is everything so who you can afford as your entertainment is dependent on you know how much you're prepared to, to lay out Reverend and the Makers at Old Trafford you know again it, it might be an age thing but that seems to me like a, a really good fit um, Derek Beaumont has shown with his with his you know the bands he's booked for Lee that you know you can get names that people will want to see um, so yeah no I, I think the problem with Old Trafford is it doesn't really lend itself to a lot going on outside no. other than food stalls um, which are overpriced and already there 
but I don't think you can have a a huge fan zone with you know the the, the NRL did um, that they was it at the overseas terminal of they had some kind of fan fest didn't they yeah, yeah, yeah and what they did was had all you know great old players turning up that you could get autographs from and you know fans were made to feel it, it it's a different culture what what do what do we do on what do we what do the FA do on FA Cup final day is, is there a lot going on for fans well they don't need to do that that's the thing no no but, but whereas if you go to the NFL there's a load of stuff but that's well, ingrained well, I don't know if there's much going on around Wembley as there used to because there's not as much space now. but it's ingrained in the culture isn't it yeah. that, that it ha- you know the game takes three hours even though it only lasts an hour so you've got to have a lot of other stuff that will attract um, people's attention um, we've also got a slightly bigger budget at least we haven't well, that's gone it. for the lazy option of going for a DJ again as we did last year because it was pointless so uh, yeah I think the men's and the women's have to be played on the same afternoon and um, was it they, they announced that there were uh, Eighty-two thousand for the men's grand final, but the calculated. I don't, I don't know how you do or at what point you you cut it off. There were over forty thousand watching the women's grand final, so clearly half the crowd was in there early because they felt that was valuable. Um, so yeah, I, 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 no, we don't do enough. Yes, it's directly linked to the budget and the venue, but something we can do is get you there early to see an equally good game beforehand. What would you what would what do you want, Paul? What what do you want the Magicians. NFL to do? Um, yeah, we said that last week for a magic weekend, didn't we? Or the week David Blaine. <laughs> uh, Nick says the grand family is moving to the Etihad. Modern facility, lots of space for fans on and more accommodating for a grand final double header. I think Old Trafford's obviously gonna have to have some work done on it at some point in the future. Well the roof leaks apparently. Um, yeah, I saw that the weekend, yeah. So Maybe when we have to make the move, maybe that will be the point. Well, the good thing is, again, if you're going to if you if you're going to get money into the sport, you need to put out for tender. Yes. So you know, yes. that's the way it works. If if Newcastle United want to bid for the grand final because they've had such a good time with Magic like Weekend, and you know that bought X million pound into the city, let them bid for the grand final. If Cardiff want to bid for it, that's fine as well. But I think we need to get to the point where it's such a valuable sporting commodity that. Yeah, take it to the Etihad if you want, but you're going to have to pay more than Old Trafford or charge less rather than pay more. Why, why are we going to Las Vegas? You know, because clearly there, there is a, a, a demand for them to put on the NRL at the moment. Well, we need to create that demand for venues to come forward and say, we, we want your product. Stephen says there's no sound on, but I can see it bouncing on the screen and everyone else is writing. But if I say there's, there is sound on, you can't hear me. So... I can't do sound language. Well, I can do some, but the podcast recording now. So you yeah, can that, I can see. Yeah, it's bouncing on there. I've got got a new microphone for the people who complained. Well, it's not a new one, but if it's working, let us know. Um, if, if it sounds better than last week, so to speak, uh, in the words of Bruce Wilson. Well, there were four of us last week. There were. As I well. suspect that yeah. was. Uh... It'd be better without four people. Well, no, I don't know. I'm not saying that. So you probably need to. A more wide-ranging microphone if you're going to have... <laughs> no, 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 but that's why I leave the technical stuff yeah, to you. Well, it's better, it should be a better microphone than last week, anyway. Hulk Yarkadu with Salford, says Kevin, uh, a few years ago, and shake it up and make the final they're playing well. They are. They could. Uh, let's, uh, let, you know, uh, not to... Uh, do we have many Wigan listeners? I don't think we do. <laughs> so, um, so let's, let's No, they could. Do. I think we said before the playoffs started that or, uh, the Dark Horse team, for me, was Hulk KR. Certainly have more... Um, uh, Hulky our fans than uh, and we're going to think listening Sid if he still listens he, he follows us on Twitter still anyway 
Uh, Hull KR were guaranteed if they did get to the grand final, they performed better than their uh, city rivals when they got to the grand final because they were pathetic that year. Um, Les has asked us. He must be able to hear us then. Yeah, Les asked us earlier. How likely is it Fev blow their only chance of Super League? Well, it's not their only chance, is it? Because uh, ING points and all that. Uh, what do points make? Place in Super League. Um, are they going to blow it? They've got London this week, who, of course, spoiled... Ev- spoiled. To- they ruined Toronto. We said to Danny Ward on this programme a few years ago, and we'll have to talk about him in a minute, I forgot about him, um, you, you, you killed Toronto. If they'd have gone up straight away, who knows what would have happened? Same result would have happened. But London now, go to Fev on Sunday. It's on the telly. Can they upset almighty Featherson Rovers who finished 12 points clear of Toulouse and 18 points clear of the, the London Broncos? Can they ruin everything, the Broncos, this week? I think if you wrote down the team that you wouldn't want to play, it would be London. Because again, the form that they've shown was it they won forty two nil yesterday. Well, I think didn't haven't <laughs> they won ten out of their last eleven? Some ridiculous. Them and York have been on ridiculous runs. The, the team that they've now got playing is full of people who can play at the highest level. So no surprise that in that big forty two nil, and that is a big win. You know, the, the nil is at this time of the year is massive. Um, that Corey Norman was player of the match. Um, he has some experience of playing in big games. That Dean Fare, uh, who again produced one of my favourite, although heartbreaking, moments in the 2013 World Cup when he set up the try with a pass behind his back when he should have been in touch. You know, th- these are players that can upset any team. Um, so can London do it? Yes, they can. Um, and Featherstone will be wary of that, even though they know that they have been the best team in that division all season. It now comes to a a cup tie but also it, it's what we said a little bit about pressure you know there, there is far more pressure on Wigan than there is Hull KR there is loads more pressure on Featherstone than there is on London if you're Mike Eccles the coach of London your team talk this week is relatively easy I suspect because whilst you want to get involved in some tactical stuff you're basically saying guys you might as well go out and enjoy yourself because nobody expects you to win. <laughs> There's no pressure on you. Yeah, we weren't even going to make the playoffs at one stage. Now you're one game away from potentially getting back into Super League. Go and have some fun um, and and upset them. You know, get under their skin. Yes, they can. Clearly, whether they will, I don't know because I haven't seen enough of Featherstone this year. And, and clearly, they've they've got a great team and some fabulous players, but. But they will be feeling that weight of expectation far more than the Broncos. So, Les, the answer is yes, yes they, they could. They certainly can. But um, the Buckies will say no. We'll find out. We'll find out this week. The other, the other thing, it will, it will partly depend on Featherstone's fans because clearly they'll be in the vast majority. The ones that haven't been uh, told off by the RFL last week. But they need to stay behind that team, even if the game starts moving away from them. That you know, a lot of the. Penrith was saying that a lot of their fans staying with them when they were 24-8 down was one of the reasons why they had that extra energy to go on and win it. Um, even the Leeds wheelchair guys will come on to soon. You know, they was the terrific atmosphere in that venue on Saturday night, but they were saying that when Halifax started mounting this comeback, it was the fans that gave them the extra energy that they needed to complete the job. Featherstone fans are going to have a real key role to play. I'm not sure... 
what more clubs can do other than ban the people who are causing the trouble. Um, I went to the friendly at the start of last year between Fev and Wakefield, which Wakefield lost. Um, I don't think you needed to add that. No, and that was 2022 rather than 2023. And they were handing out flyers going in saying, don't be racist and stuff. Everyone knows exactly what was chanted between Featherstone and Bradford, even if you weren't there, because we all know what the chant is. Now, apart from banning fans, what I don't know what else clubs can do. And, and, and in the case of, um, was it Hulking Out with the fireworks? Unless you search everyone who goes in, giving them full cavity searches or whatever, you ain't going to stop idiots taking fireworks okay. in when they're but, told But we, do, we don't ban them, do we? The, the clubs need to take responsibility for how you deal with that. Lifetime. Do they want to pay money to actually have people? <laughs> no, it's not the stewards' fault. I just think once somebody is identified and found guilty, then you know, lifetime bans are going to have to be handed out. So Hull County got to suspend. Well, all these clubs get suspended fines or whatever. Well, surely after Hull County fans came on the pitch last week against Wakefield, surely they should be banned that part of the fine. Or does that class as Wakefield because it's Wakefield's ground and they're because the stewards can't do anything because no. they're probably on minimum wage and they're just there at, at health and safety now they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not allowed to so, get involved in physically manhandling people. no one blames the stewards no I just think you, the, once the club once the culprits are identified the onus is on the clubs rather than fining the clubs to take appropriate action if they don't then you've got to fine them heavily Paul that's what's the chant I'm not going to tell you what the chant is am I <laughs> but every, everyone knows it and if you don't know it, then good. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more about people talking about Feb in the comments. Um, Paul says, it's going to get tougher as the government will be wanting its COVID loans back, which is one of the problems that Pearson at Hull was talking about. But they knew that was coming, so... I don't think the COVID loans are at very high interest rates no. and they're over a long period of time. So if you can get your house in order, then the COVID loans shouldn't be an issue for preventing you doing what you're doing I, I just think Adam Adam Pearson needs some help in terms of investment one of the things that have been really impressive about Hull KR this year is they've got a new board in, they've bought new money in, the new board have bought into the idea that the club is moving forward, they, they again like the idea of the IMG proposals because if they get it right then their investment is at less risk um, so I think the, you know, Adam and I'm sure he's doing it, needs to find somebody to help him share the load. And, you know, Wakefield have just gone down that road, haven't they, with the new owners? So um, I think that's his issue, that he almost is out on his own uh, funded, funding them. Well done, the, uh, well done to our, our commenters. I, I would, uh, <laughs> before we get back to the... I haven't got my glasses on. The jams, you know, we've mentioned the... Uh... I, I can wait for him to take over happen. Because I don't think it has yet. Officially. The last PR that we saw that was official said another, another couple of weeks. It says here in the paper, wait for the appointed Daryl Powell as head coach. They haven't yet. Well, they haven't announced it. It's not on the website, it's not on their Twitter feed. I'm I sure. can buy a brick on the wall of the East End, but I can't, you know, go and say, oh, Daryl Powell. Well, we said last week that's incredibly disrespectful to Mark Very. Applegarth if that's going out. Whether he takes on a position in the in the club or junior development or whatever to announce a new coach when you haven't announced the departure of the current incumbent 
is the wrong foot to be getting off on. It's extremely disrespectful. <laughs> I'll just pick this quote up. We want to build a new supporter app, and the cost of that development alone is, uh, and the website is £200,000, but it's a long-term investment. Well, I don't, I mean, okay, don't care about an app. But stop saying you're going to do things. Just do them. It, this is a, this is a, this is not just a knocking weight, but this is sport in general. Well, it's, the, it's the government. Oh, we're going to do this, I'm going to do it. Just do it, and then tell me afterwards when you've done it. Is that but, HS2 related? Well, thank goodness the Northern Powers play for the World Cup. So we've got, <laughs> Doncaster got some pearls out of it, so it's all right. He went well in the end. The next Tom Johnston won't be leaving Wakefield, he told the uh, League Express, because they'll know they can get the right financial package and they can win something. Who is the next Tom Johnston? Oh, he's gone to. Where have we gone? Sydney Roosters. With the other, with the other Wakefield uh, bomb, thought, they're all there. They're all there. Uh, but, you know, Tom Deakin's not there. He's come to Huddersfield. It's um, just just stop saying things and just do things. If Dalpar's the coach, appoint him. Don't say he's going to be the coach. And do the right thing by Mark Applegarth, because that's human courtesy. But I, I, I just get too much. I, there's too much history of people saying things and not doing things, and it just sticks in my brain. But and that's not the fella's fault. That's the fault of history. I didn't believe the new stand was going to get built until it was actually built. These things happen. Peter Matauchi is coming anyway, says Kevin. So uh, we'll see what happens. Interesting. Uh, John and Crowley going to Warrington and not mm-hmm. going to Castle as everyone thought he was going to do. Which is part of the reason why he may have gone to Warrington in the first yeah. place. Oh no, we can't announce Castleford's new signing. Oh, they got a new, oh, they got new signing. Oh no, I'll have to wait for that. Um, Bradford beat York 22 He's not from Papua New Guinea, though, like, wow. the, like the other side. Yeah. I mean, I'm only going to Castleford's media launch next year just to interview the Papua New Guineans. Uh, Bradford Bulls beat York 22 8. So, at York's great end to the season, uh, the York Knights are great. I listened to that last night, and again, a bit like Lee. Wonderful achievement from Andrew Henderson to get his team from relegation candidates into the playoffs with a host of injuries. I think he was interviewed just before the game saying there were 11 players out. You know, Danny Kermond had to play in the centre, which Danny Kermond's a fantastic player, but it's a long time since he played in the centre. <laughs> um, and it was just a bridge too far, but yeah. They were winning 8-0 until about, I think, what was it, five minutes before half-time. Put up a great fight, um, deserve all the credit. A, a massive advocate for what Andrew Henderson can do for a club, as, as we saw him do at Keithley. You know, he, he doesn't just take the men's first team. He creates that overarching development plan for the club. Um, and, it, and, you know, very quick to congratulate the women's team when they made the grand final. Very quick to praise the wheelchair team when... Um, I think, did they win their division in, in regional division or, or certainly were involved in the playoff or they've done well um, so he is a fantastic man to have at the helm uh, and they did brilliantly I don't know how good Bradford are other than they've got a collection of very very experienced players and a bench that can make a difference when it comes on they too could trouble to lose um, short turnaround they played on a Sunday night they've got to go out and play on a yeah, Saturday afternoon in Toulouse it won't be easy um, but they're, whilst some of their players are part time the, the core of them are full time they brought in people like Kevin Apo and Jason Battieri to, to, to get them to this point well they've got an opportunity 
Um, that's the championship, I think. Done. There's nothing else in League One. That's all done. So, the wheelchair Super League semi-finals. We were at um, the Edge on Saturday, which is a great name for a venue. It was my wife's birthday yesterday, Ella, and I decided, what better way to treat them than to free rugby league because you have to pay to get in. Plus... She looked like she was enjoying it. Plus, won the raffle. Got a signed Leeds ball here. Some of the uh, signatures. Wheel- Leeds wheelchair. Yeah. So it's probably valuable. Leeds wheelchair, not in crisis. Yeah. I mean, I could probably forge Jody Boyd Ward's signature. Um, but I can't move the ball because if I do, the microphone will fall over. So it's it, it's great. It's not great a signature, issue. it's only an initial. Just initials. And it's an official, it's an actual official ball. Match size ball. It's a bit weird because it is that it's a size four rather than a size. Why are the number? Why why are they numbered five and four? Right? I was just thinking about that yesterday. I don't know why the numbers are as they are, but it, it's a bit weird because it's smaller than a normal match ball. But Leeds Rhinos beat Halifax Panthers 54-44. They are the first team through to the grand final. I think they've got a massive advantage now because their opponents will play this week and then have to play the week after, so they've got an extra week's rest. Um, Which they need, because virtually all of them, as they came off, either had bandages on something or dislocated something. 32 up at half-time. So they kept Halifax trialless in the first half. Which is almost unheard of between two teams of similar standing at the elite end. It's, it was the first half that they, they won it on. Uh, she said it was brutal, violent. Who and, did? And my wife, she said. Oh, that's, right. that's well, it she, is. That's what she took away from it. And... and because we were sat so close to it you, I mean it, I don't think it comes across on TV but there really is a great disregard for their bodies when they're just bashing into each other um, well Madam Boyd Ward who we spoke yes. to afterwards said she'd had her foot run over accidentally she scored two tries I can't remember if she scored one or two and she had one disallowed she scored one. two and she should have had three really but it was brought back to give Leeds yeah. a penalty but advantage um, she'd have had a hat-trick but a, a great first half Halifax obviously coming back in the, the second to how good was Tom Halliwell in the opening 40 minutes even with a dislocated shoulder five tries from Josh Butler who oh, let me get the let me do the award thing because um, last he, week he was brilliant last week of course I said they've got no wheel of, wheel, wheelchair awards but they have haven't they because they've got the wheels of steel award wheels or wheel because it's golden boots, it's not golden boots, isn't it? And it's man and woman, so it shouldn't be wheel. Uh, not that it matters. Um, I think if they only had one wheel, they'd fall over. <laughs> Josh Butler, Sebashara, Joe Coy, Lewis King are on the uh, shortlist for the Wheel of Steel. Wheels of Steel. And I'm gonna... If the Roosters win um, this weekend, bearing in mind that the award ceremony is two days after, I'd say Coy or King. Young player of the year is going to be only the Butler, Aaron Baines of London, or Tom Green of Halifax. It's Butler, and the coach of the year, Tom Coyd, off of the telly. James Simpson off the, the Roosters win, and Mike Swenger of Hull. Obviously, you've had a he, great he, season. Yeah, he's been brilliant, and getting Martin Norris over was inspired as well. But he himself is a player coach, and he's he's played really really well this year. Um, but. Um, Again, I, th- I think you. If London Roosters make the grand final, you'd say it's probably Tom Coyd. What a 
But what a great, uh, what great but comeback. But we do want James to come on the podcast, so actually it should be I'll him. Get him it definitely should be him. He'll yeah, come on the podcast. We've, uh, we've asked him before, but he's, he's always busy. No, he'll come. Devising uh, plans. When the season's over in the fortnight, he'll come. Um, great comeback in the second half from Halifax. But too little too late, really. Too much frustration in that first half. For, for them. There's a... People say on the telly they don't build up the rivalries enough Oof. they don't like they it. don't like it. the Halifax and Leeds don't like each other and, 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 and they don't keep that under wraps it's a bit like not that there's no respect oh no no absolutely or, or some of the players won't get on or whatever but genuinely they don't like I each think other. It's, it's almost like Rory McElroy and the what's his name's caddy in the car park on Saturday night a lot of pointing, a lot of accusatory stuff while the game's in play and then arms round each other at the end. We're not even talking about the supporters yet. Making v- numerous comments about when's your flights and stuff. Did they? Yeah. Well, you were on the other I was side. I on the other side, side, yeah. You were, the, you were in the press area. I was, I was with the, in uh, the, the so- Hoi Polloi. What, you mean in the, um, <laughs> in the self-created press area? <laughs> I was with the Hoi Polloi. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it was a bit, a bit tense. Because you are, I mean, talk about close to the action. Someone falls out of the chair. They're in, they're in the front row. At least two wheels fell off. Yes, goalposts pulled a, down at a, one point. When a tire bursts, it's yes. enough um, to take your breath away. Goalposts pulled down at one point by one of the people on the wheel of steel shortlist. But this the try was it? It's not like ice hockey where you move the goal off. It's a penalty. It's wobbling goalposts when people are taking kicks. I've got to say, I mean, we're all you know respecting everything, but. It's silence when the goal kickers are on. What's that, what's that all about? Come on, that's not, that's not rugby league. It's only in a very small, self-contained well, that's, area. That's a bit. But um, it was exciting great. game. It was. And how many people do you reckon were there? Because again, no official attendance. It was by donation. I reckon there were a couple of hundred people yeah. there. Was, was it like big two support or three from rows, Halifax. Then people up on yeah. the on the balcony, including Ron Smith and yeah. his family. Yeah. Um, which was nice because again if you're going to foster a one club mentality and and this is the key isn't it is clubs need to do that more you Absolutely. can't don't just sell, I know the men's teams are going to be what sells the tickets but you've got all these other bits which as it happens at Leeds the other two bits and well, no, the, the PDL team got to the semi-finals as well didn't they these bits are successful two grand finals mm. so there's something yeah. but also happened. the the Person of Steel Awards or the Person of Award. the Year. Award. I don't know what yeah. we call it now. This is inclusive now. It's yeah. it's going to be all stratas of the game, um, all getting their awards. I know certain clubs are moving that way as well. That you know their, their award ceremonies cover all of the clubs. So that's that's the way we, we need to go. It that's just, what inclusive means. It just makes more sense. It's not lip service. No. And. Uh, I don't think any of those players were getting paid, were they? Um, on, or maybe on, on Saturday. They definitely, but well, depending on who you, depending yeah. on who you speak to. But um, I don't think they were. But they're not professionals. They're not. Professionals. They're not. They don't claim to be. But they have jobs outside of the game. Bloody hell, it was good. You, you've got to go. What I know, I know. This is like again, but we wouldn't tell you something was good if it was rubbish, and it was good. We wouldn't consistently tell you. No. But that that. You know, like how they do on the on the rugby union commentary on the telly. Oh, this is amazing! And oh, what brave defence by! What an amazing Robert. passage you play. Two passes. Yeah, but we're not here to no, bag another spot. But this this there's something, something else. There. There's something you've got to go to that 
you've got to go to that fight you've got to go to grand final if you can in Manchester you've certainly got to go to the test match because that is going to be which again you talk about um, earlier one of, our, one of our correspondents said what do you do to make it bigger you play games like England and France which yeah. is the first time that they play since that ridiculously dramatic million and a half people watched it on BBC 2 World Cup final you play it in the first direct arena because you know you, it's something prestigious and special you're not playing the edge was great perfect for a semi-final of a domestic competition but it's not quite the same as rocking up at the FD arena that is something big our friend Rob Hawkins scored a hat-trick and eight got eight from eight with he the boot yeah, he was, well, he boot was hand, as good as he could be in a defeated team did I, you speak to him I saw him out I just said well, I'll be in touch because yeah. we'll, he'll be back on I think um, the, um, the again when you've lost the semi-final and, and the whole of your season sort of on the line yeah. and ended there difficult to give consolation to people yeah. so, uh, so yeah, I will be in touch yeah. <laughs> as good as it gets but yeah so Seb we'll, was great though afterwards he was going around shaking everybody's hands and Including probably those who were already got him throughout the year. Uh, oh, I think he likes that. Yeah. They should have got his band to do the because he to do the grand, grand final. I said that. They said, I said it before. They should have got because you've got a story there. If you if you're not going to have anyone, the yeah. thing is they they're good. You know, yeah, it's not lip. Well, it is lip service because he plays the. Uh, <laughs> what does if he you, play trombone? But if you're not going to have no, clarinet, you know, Elton John. But have, bad example. have that and Tina have Reverend Turner, in the making or Tina Turner the musical I wonder what we're going to get on Sunday at York I know what we're going to if I could have a bet on what we're going to get on Sunday the, the bookmakers will say uh, just wanted to give a shout out says Paul to Brentwood Eels amateur club in Essex to have a wheelchair team plus men's women's and youth great Good great honor. club Elmbridge Brentwood some fantastic clubs in the south with volunteers who are doing absolutely wonderful work to keep them going so who do, who do, we, who do Leeds want in the final then do they want Wigan or do they want London Roosters I mean Again, I'm a London supporter aren't I of course from programmes passing so he says it'll be a great game whatever but I do think if you're selling it to the widest possible audience Leeds London Possibly, might you know? It's on Sky. Yeah, but Leeds Wigan also has that. It, it has people that, know what they yeah, are. Yeah, intense rivalry. Both have a. Both have something there. Um, I, I think London are going to win. Sunday, Declan Roberts aside, who is should be on that list of nominees. I can't understand why he's there. Was he there once? I'm sure he was sitting in front of me. Oh, he might. I think been. I think he was there. And again, this, yeah, because I, I can't recognise players even when they are sitting in front of me so I'm, I'm sure he was there on Sunday on Saturday uh, Sunday grand final season in the UK kicks off because forget the uh, reserve grand final and the academy grand final it's the women's super league grand final finals because of course we've got the promotion final between Barrow and Lee at 12 o'clock on Sunday um, oh which, which reminds me I, I, I don't know if that's going to be on our league or not it's not on Sky I don't think is it but again you know, we've had a weekend where we've got the PDRL finals, no coverage. Great semi-final, the wheelchair super league, no coverage. We've got to pick our... And I know everyone's busy and blah, 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 and we've got only so much resource, but we've got to pick our battles. Cause York versus Leeds. It happens again. So, um, we've been at the last four grand finals because we? we weren't in the uh, well, uh, were you at the 2017 one between Bradford and Fev no no um, but we did interview both captains before that so 
trying to get some possibly we're at Manchester Regional Arena in 2018 when, when Wigan beat Leeds yep we were at the Turtle Wigan in 2019 a fairly famous game for many and various when uh, Leeds beat uh, Castleford we were at Headingley when Saints nilled Leeds in 2021 and in 2022 we're at the Totally Wicked Stadium in St Helens when Leeds beat York York don't win big games but that's the that's the accusation but that's the not monkey the that they could easily get off their back on so not easily because they're playing a team that knows how to win a grand final irrespective of what form they've been in going into that grand final so yes you'd be you'd be foolish to write off the defending champions but this is York's greatest opportunity at home with a big crowd behind them to put that silverware on the mantelpiece. If they don't do it this time, you wonder what will happen psychologically to that squad. But again, they'll start as favourites. Well, they Deservedly will. Be. So. Minus four points with uh, with the bookmakers. But I would say on this occasion, what do they know? Because I don't think. <laughs> but um, Leeds. There's something about this Leeds team and I know they just said you know a couple of years ago they were nilled in the final but I, I, I never thought they were going to win that final but they did win the Challenge Cup that year but in 2022 when they beat Saints in the semi there's something that day in that semi I thought they're going to do this and in the final you thought well they've always got that it's got to be in the back of York's minds that they just don't win these games and Leeds have and yeah Leeds have lost these games as well but they've won them mm. they also are coming off the back of a Wembley experience where I think they feel they didn't quite do themselves justice um, there's so much riding on this game all, all, all I would say is just watch it get there if you can watch it if you can't it'll be fantastic and the uh, so many personalities on both sides yeah, yeah there's, there's no Whoever wins this, there isn't there isn't a loser in terms of for the sport. Obviously, there's a loser in real terms because that's how sport works. But if York win, it's the first time a team from that city in I think any sport that counts will have been the champions of the country. Um, and Leeds, it's just Leeds, isn't it? But last year, three different teams won the three trophies. This year, if Leeds win, three different teams have won. The trophy. Same three teams, mm-hmm. but it means that the kudos is, is shared, and that's what helps grow a sport. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens this time. Kevin says York will end up like Warrington, and I wouldn't wish that on any team. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Well, at least York have got to a five. Back to back league leaders. Individually. Probably a stronger team than Leeds. I think their bench the, is yeah, stronger. The, the forwards, yeah. But never write off the Saints. They say in the men's running game. <laughs> Paul, this is the grand final good shot window for the NRLW scouts. Yes, well, yes, of course it is. But that that is the world we live in at the moment. Because none of the players who went over there haven't performed, have they? They've all done brilliant. So. Well, Fran Goldthorpe got Young Player of the Year at the uh, Cowboys. Georgia Roach has won a ring uh, for the Knights. And Holly May Dodd 
but for a, an ACL injury, was one of Canberra's best performers this season. So yeah, of course the scouts will be out. Look at Herbie Farnworth in mm. the uh, in the men's game. You know, if they, if an NRL team could get another Dom Young or a Herbie Farnworth by spotting them young and bringing them through, then absolutely, it's the greatest. It's different with with women who who have. Um, other aspects of their life where they can't just give up everything and and go off to the you know, the NRL. Some can, and whoever can should. The the opportunity is massive, isn't it? And and that's the um, <laughs> the NRLW could be the greatest thing for this sport going forwards in terms of nothing can match it in rugby union. Well, I think we're we're seeing Sevens Rugby Union players coming over and playing NRLW. So I think Sonny Bill Williams' sister, who played in the grand final for the Gold Coast, she's going to be captain of a national team announced this week. Um, she came initially, I think, from Rugby Union Sevens. Yeah, there's there's massive potential. There. Uh, Kevin says the way the sport's going there'll be more contact in the wheelchair game rather than the men's they haven't worked out how to do high shots yet there was a penalty for a high shot there was <laughs> and a shirt pull which was good who got someone got um, done for hair pulling in the women's was it ours or was it Australia no over there there, there were a couple of penalties for hair pulling it doesn't happen in the men's game no uh, where's Blake Austin going to play next season whoever pays him Featherston if they get promoted <laughs> Well, it depends on how long it takes his hair to, to settle in, doesn't it? So, uh, there you go. You know, it's, it's amazing because when we're downstairs before the programme, so how long we're going to do? About 7.15, it's about 7.15, Phil, just like you said. The sound of the game in the NRLW, says Kevin, he's right up there. I was listening to the commentary, they've got a lot of players from the Matildas football team, maybe the same for us over here. And the, I just think that it's such an amazing opportunity if, if any player gets the chance to go there and can go there. For the money, the exposure, we can't compete with that. We never, we, that's that's not a, that's not a knock on our sport whatsoever. Because I tell you what, the RFL, the RFL get lots of criticism, but with the way they've scheduled the internationals this year, where the women played France before the men did, and they've got the the match against Wales before the is it the third Tonga Test? Yes, anyway, on the telly. Because and worked. if you think that Georgia Roach could well be playing in that, and if you think that Frank Goldthorpe could be playing in that, the standard of our national team will improve now. Whether it'll they're, they're, they're playing the Ginnell Roos, aren't they, in twenty twenty five? That is fantastic. That's what's going to project the sport. Um, I, I think the fact that they are so well paid in the NRLW, the opportunity that it gives. Um, the only thing I would say is we we now have to look and I know IMG are going through a big rebranding exercise all I saw over the weekend was that the women's football domestic football was starting over here and it's the women's super league Yeah, and it's Sky that are promoting it and the wondrous women's super league or wonderful or whatever the word it was we, we have to change our yeah our name I'll get them to change it to Premier League but then we've got netball and everything else that's also I just think we need we need to differentiate ourselves now because we are getting a product that people will watch but to the general sports fan when they hear oh the women's Super League Grand Finals on this weekend they're going oh is it Arsenal and Aston Villa 
thought the season only just kicked off. And, and it does show how if you play games in your main stadium, and I know football's different to rugby league, I'm not being stupid in that sense, but you give up tickets away at cheap prices, you'll get people in. Mm-hmm. And I know not every club can do that. But, but they're not but they're not giveaways. You you are paying um, a realistic fee to help the sport move to the next level. Um, so there's, there, there isn't an excuse not to go because it's really good value for money at a great stadium with stuff around it, two games. If you haven't got anything planned for Sunday, go to your... It's If you can. We've got this... I, th- I think we're not lucky because that... I don't think that's the right word, but I think we've got good broadcast partners. Yes, we'd like more money from them, but... We obviously, and I don't know how the deals work with the uh, with the RFL and Sky and the BBC, but we've obviously got a good enough relationship with them that we can say, right, we've got these men's internationals, but we've got this women's international as well. We want it on the telly. What do we do? And we've seen with the WRU in Wales and the RFU in England, where they've foolishly scheduled internationals while there's a men's World Cup on, which is, I mean, it's, it's stupid, beyond stupid. But they they are arrogantly expect BBC, ITV, whoever to put their games on TV, and they haven't because they've got no room. You can't daft, absolutely daft. So at least we are smart enough to know exactly where we are in the world of sport to say to a broadcaster, "Let's work together." It's great for everyone. But what we need to do now is give those games a value because it's yes, almost like yes, you can yes. have them as part of an existing agreement what we need to do is get to the point where we say actually if you want that wheelchair international £100,000 if you want that women's grand final £100,000 and start building it up that way and then that money needs to be spent on what it's been paid for um, Stephen who can now hear us it's too late now Stephen I'm going <laughs> <laughs> going to Wigan on Saturday to watch the Super Robins can't wait what a fantastic job Willie Peters and his team are doing up the Robins can't believe he's not on that shortlist but that's not our fault. They've got they've got a chance. They have got a chance, and um, it will be interesting to see if Danny Maguire takes the Castleford job on the back of it. Five people who could get the Castleford job: Danny Maguire, uh, Craig Lingard, Mark Applegarth. Well, I think uh, we can Charles announce Howell. now that um, Castleford have signed a Batley centre. Um, um, Craig Lingard, Mark Aston. I'll ask him next week. Sheffield. Um, who, else, who else could take the job at Castleford? Not Carl Danny Harrison. Ward. Carl Harrison. Well, you want to speak to him. Oh, no, do, Did you see uh, the, the fella jumping in the, the water? Yes. They look like Ken Bates. Everyone yes. on Twitter said it's Ken Bates. It wasn't Ken Bates. Well, I don't think it was anyway. Mm. Um, thanks for watching. We won't be live next Monday because uh, <laughs> Phil's not here. <laughs> so I can't get in. Well, I'm but, here, but I'm not here. But, not here. but we, will, we will do a podcast after the Women's Grand Final on Sunday. So it'll be up on Sunday night, probably. So you can With some interviews. And all losers. So that'll be something to look forward to um, and then we'll probably be back the week after I think perhaps with a special guest We've all, and next week we've got a scheduling John because he's going to tell us all about the wheelchair season because he's watched all the games I think he has watched all the games John's great we need to um, we need to find out if we're going to the awards ceremony as well because we could do well, something from there you are well no I don't know yet oh you might be um, so we, we might we, there'll be some other stuff but uh, join us somehow next week and then let's go on final and then it's the internationals it and never then, ends it, it does never well, good this, job we're fuelled by so let's go my way first it, it, you say you get an award for um, advertising I don't know but promotion I'm, I'm gonna, see if we can uh, 
Where's our, where's the ball around? Uh, the 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 season never ends, but this podcast does now. Si eras de los que tenían todos los álbumes familiares en la sala o de los que guardaban toda la música en CDs, eras un genio y no lo sabías. Con Lenovo lleva tu ingenio a otro nivel, porque con nuestra familia de computadores IdeaPad, todos tus archivos multimedia tienen el rendimiento y potencia que necesitas. Encuéntranos en los principales almacenes de cadena del país. Oh, 